The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Money is an awesome thing if you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Welcome to Straight Talk, Clear Decisions with Rick Saylor and co-host Eric Hamburg. As an investor, you should know what you're buying and what you're really holding. We'll demystify investing and lay it all out for you in easy-to-understand terms. Now, here's Rick and Eric. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. Well, I'm Rick. And I'm Eric. And we are your transparent wealth management hosts. Welcome to our show. Well, hey, uh, Eric, it's a little balmy here in Cincinnati, Ohio, and we just found out some numbers. Um, our radio show uh, listeners are rising and pretty significantly. So thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Um, some people all the way in Beijing, China. Yeah, I don't know what um, what they're listening for, if they can understand us. But, hey, we like the, uh, we like the, the listeners, the following. Well, I understand Voice America is not censored, Darren. The only connection I can make is that uh, I did eat the Chinese buffet this week. There you go. <laughs> but I uh, love Chinese. We love it. And a lot of listeners out on the West Coast, um, a lot of them here through the Midwest. So we're just kind of getting a broad listening ship, and it's kind of cool. It is. Now, uh, depending on where you are in the country, you know, I know it's very cold here, but I'm kind of looking forward. I like the snow. I mean, not everybody here likes that, but I'm thinking, hey, do you realize where you live? That's right. You know, if we didn't <laughs> like the snow, we wouldn't be living here in Cincinnati or Ohio, for that matter, because we know at some point throughout the year, whether it's March, November, December, we're going to get some snow. We just don't know when and how much. And I know you downhill ski, and so does Fish and, and Ryan in our office, and I cross-country ski Yep, because my knees and ankles can't take the uh, – you know the the cutting and the the banging the bending and yeah and I'm I'm I was never never really acquired that skill so much so I'm like the the it's like being on my cross country trainer or something it's just out in the out the in real the world. world that's right yeah so uh, well anyways that's that's uh, so much about the weather and I know someday that'll change and turn here but um, yeah that's a uh, that's par for the course. And what they say around here is if you don't like the weather, just wait. It'll change. It'll change eventually. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, I love this idea, Eric. You know, this, this theme just keeps recurring, keeps coming up about a holistic wealth management model. And I see some, some of that start to permeate across our industry. But uh, we're fond of it, obviously. Now, my, what, 32nd year of doing this and still loving it. But, you know, the idea of a holistic wealth management model is simply that the pieces work well together. And the pieces I'm referring to, of course, are, you know, the wealth management, the taxes, the insurance protection, and estate planning. So I think about, you know, the wealth management side. Well, I don't know why the debate goes on whether you should be fee-based or commissioned. The, you know, our, our response is it needs to be something that solves the problem, yep. be a problem solver, and be full disclosure. You know, transparent wealth management also on the other side of that. I would look for that for anything. You know, but the idea that you can see what you're paying, why you're paying it, what it's going to do for you. Otherwise, don't do it. Yep. Taxes. We have both. Uh, we partner with a CPA firm, both tax planning and preparation. Planning is optional. 
um, preparations mandatory. So we do both the planning and the preparation for our clients um, on the tax side. And we partner with a outside firm, Mark Alberts and Associates, a local firm here. We've known, you've known the family for 20 years. Yeah. I worked with Mark for about six years and he and Charlene do a great job. Uh, they do it full time. Yeah. You know, it's, and the rules have changed. It's changed dramatically with the, uh, the Affordable Care Act here. Now, I think of the insurance aspect, um, you know, risk management, you know, know what you're paying and, um, and know that you've got the right kind of coverage. So, you know, you've got a competitive price because I think what happens a lot of times is these products, you know, in life insurance and long-term care and car and house insurance and liability and business insurance and, and health insurance and everything – you know, we have a Medicare planning specialist, Jeff Hendricks. Uh, these are areas of specialty. And even though we carry a lot of these licenses, there's just not, there's not enough hours in a day. But we do quarterback the overall view mm-hmm. and, and help people to understand that because a lot of these products, I think, are packaged to the general masses and, and are, may not be particular to your situation. So, you know, having a professional that's going to go down through the details of those on every aspect, make sure that you're covering in the right places and not just... You don't want to be insurance poor, but by the same token, you don't want to be coverage light. Yep. And make sure you get that updated. You know, we say get an audit about every two to three years because your prices will change and you want to make sure you're paying the most competitive price out there. The last piece is estate planning and elder law. So we, bo- we partner with both estate planning attorneys and elder law attorneys. And the reason is we want to make sure your estate, your legacy gets passed on to your loved ones and those who you want to receive it, not to... Um, the hospitals, the government, the probate courts. So making sure your estate is in order and that your loved ones get your money and your assets. So we love talking in uh, what we say, no-nonsense approach and plain English. Uh, straightforward talk, you know, helps to lead to clear decisions. And so today's topic is a very good topic. Um, you know, strategies to conquer low interest rates in, in retirement. And we are definitely in that kind of mode Yep. In this market. I mean, we have been now for eight years. Yeah, believe it or not, 2009 is 2009, when six years zero interest counting. rate. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to believe it's been going on that long, but we've had zero interest for that long. Yeah. So, I mean, these, these certainly pose some challenges, but also opportunities. As we bought, we're fond of saying there's perils and opportunities in every market. So you just have to know what to, how to read them and, and how to adjust accordingly, and, and it's just become ever so challenging in today's market. You know, we, I found the saying calling it a paranormal retirement, <laughs> which is the name of the class coming up. Uh, if you're anywhere near our area at UD, University of Dayton, uh, I teach at the uh, OLLI program, Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, and um, we do a six-week course up there on paranormal retirement. We drill down on some of the details here. Uh, now, of course, I, I need to say this as we do in every show that um, we're just – this is going to be educational in nature, informative. It's going to be illustrative. You know, uh, it's not to be taken as advice and that you certainly always should consult – you know, qualified financial, legal, tax, real estate professionals prior to taking any action. Yep, these, and these opinions are our opinions, not opinions of NPC or National Planning Corporation, who's our broker-dealer. Yes, because we're registered both as registered investment advisors as well as with a broker-dealer and, again, holding the insurance license, so it's the whole spectrum. Uh, so we may some of the statements we may uh, make today may be forward-looking. Uh, we do uh, utilize the uh, and have for – 13, 14 years, the, the resource of HS Dent, which is Independent Research Group. 
So a lot of these things that we, you know, help us make, help you make better informed decisions about your wealth, about your money. Yep, Rick, you know, it's still, it's still hard to believe these interest rates though, are still hovering around zero. It's, um, and have been for so long. Well, let's think about the cause and effect about that for just a second. And it may, we, we may then may have a better view of when this might change. So why does the Federal Reserve or central banks cut interest rates? Well, they're typically going to do that when they want to get things going. They want to stimulate. Slow growth. So yeah, they talk about this GDP, gross domestic product, the measure of output of goods and services. Well, this isn't moving at a fast pace anywhere in the world. And it's certainly not moving at a rapid pace in the United States. However, we appear to be one of the few uh, economies that are growing other than maybe England. Mm-hmm. We're seeing their numbers, their industrial numbers, uh, you know, come up a little more consistently. Now, you know, the other side of that, I'm looking at everywhere else around the world seems to be contracting. You know, we're, we, even we are moderating because as we have gotten, we're coming off of the stimulus. You know, the first round of stimulus we did was in low interest rates, which we have retained. Second one was the printing of currency and money and flooding it into the system which um, I think most of the central banks around the world are doing that. And uh, lastly, the buying of our own bonds. Well, we've, we wound off of that in October, I think, last year. Yep. And we were buying an, an, at $1.85 billion a month. a month. Now, we've seen the European Common Union or the ECB, uh, European Central Bank, start their form of buying you know, sovereign bonds. And it's different. It's not exactly the same. But again, it shows us they're stimulating as well, and it tells us that you know everybody's trying to get to that place where when you're printing money, you're weakening your currency, and it can give you an advantage, you know, potentially on a currency exchange alone on your goods and services. Now, as our currency gets stronger, coming off of the stimulus, um, our our dollar's getting stronger, and it's making us less competitive. Yep. You know, if everybody weakens their currency at the same time, that's not a good thing. However, you know, certain countries will lower it or will purposefully weaken their currency to make them more competitive. But when everybody does it at the same time, typically it doesn't come out in anybody's favor. No. So again, back to this, that we said that the last form of stimulus of of interest rates uh, would be the last to go. Uh, and I think as we and we heard the the uh, federal the FOMC, you know, speak here what a couple of days ago, and they they get they get they actually it was a little more dovish, as they say that uh, they expected it to be not they're not they're not in any hurry to raise interest rates. Let's yep. say that. So for folks, and there are literally trillions. I can't remember the last number I saw. Um, Seven trillion. I mean, it's a high number sitting in banks, sitting in banks, sitting in in money market kind of accounts in cash. Is, a, is an asset class. And, and I think twofold. Number one, people who invest know enough to know this is a strange market. And these are strange circumstances. In like, kind of like deers with their, stuck in the headlights. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to do. So today we're going to kind of drill down on some of these and, and talk about them. And we've also got at the end of the show today, we're going to have an absolutely free offer on a white paper, Smart Strategies for Retirement, that will cover uh, some of the things we're going to talk about in, in much more in-depth and proper disclosure, because when things are compared, you should know all the things that are associated with them. Yep. You know, the, the retirement today, drawing income today in retirement is going to be totally different than when your parents retired, um, because our interest rates are at the bottom. So we have to maybe possibly change what we're going to be doing in retirement in order to make sure we don't run out of money before we run out of life. 
So if you've got a question regarding this topic today, we'd love to answer that on the air at info at straighttalkcleardecisions.com. If you'll send that to us, you know, we uh, and we get that, we can we can answer that on in our last segment today or call us at 513-454-9999. Now, you could also visit us. Uh, Eric thing visits us on the Web. Yep. They can go to um, straighttalkcleardecisions.com and they can also visit our Facebook page, Rick Saylor Financial. That's where we'll post all of our topics, um, all of our free giveaways for each show. And we'll show you exactly where to go and how to ask for them and receive them. Yeah, and we're also on Twitter, at Rectirement, R-I-K-T-I-R-E-M-E-N-T, Rectirement, kind of clever. Um, but again, any and all those social media, we're on LinkedIn, you know, reach out to us and we'll uh, we'll connect back. So uh, just love to communicate the, uh, the eye-opening, little-known things, that uh, facts that can, again, help you be more successful and and. Well, well, let's be frank. We'd love to be part of the solution. That's right. So if anything you're you're hearing, you're not hearing from your advisor, your situation, you're not feeling that comfortable, hey, the uh, the opinions are free. Well, uh, ask us the questions. You know, again, we'd love to be part of that solution. So, Eric, you know, as we look at some of these things, I was thinking the other day, I was walking down the street, and I saw this bank for a one-year CD at 1.04%. 1.04%. And I'm trying to think, when is the last time I remember in my illustrious career when that ever, when I came in, interest rates were cranking at 16 and 17% on CDs, which, by the way, was not a healthy time period either. And yeah, that was back in, you know, jumping forward here, 1981, that one-year CD was right in the neighborhood of 16%. That's basically 16 times greater than where it is today. So, again, I'm going to say this, you know, the Fed – the central bank here in, in the United States keeps promising they're going to raise interest rates. But, of course, we've already said you only raise those when you're getting inflation or rising the cost of goods and services from a demand-based standpoint. And we're not getting that. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm going to, again, throw in the demographic piece. We've got 92. There's 300 plus, 315 million Americans, let's say. And 92 million are between the ages of 51 and 83. That is a group that are not peak spenders to the United States economy. 46-year-olds are the demand drivers in the building and buying of houses and the building and buying of cars, according to HSDent. So that creates more jobs, more tax revenue, more everything. So we're five years post that. You know, so the modem is changing. So why would the Fed raise these interest rates? Um, the only two things I can think is, A, they have to to say prove they can, and B, you know, they, they're going to do it so they have something to cut if something goes seriously wrong, because right now you can't cut below zero. No. Now, what does that mean? I, I don't think we're going to see something, anything more than about a half a percent or so, maybe three quarters of a percent by the end of the year. And we're hearing that it's going to, it may be pushed back, not June, now September, you know, who knows? And give you a perspective here, the, the historical average on the Fed funds rate is four and a half percent. Right now, we're at 0.25 percent. Or less. Or less, depending on, you know, who you're looking at. But looking at that, you know, we, we've, and we've been here for since 2009. So looking at interest rates, they're going to start ticking up. The question is how high and when are they going to start moving? Because that's going to have a direct impact on your retirement. Right, and you raise them too fast, you, you crush any growth you've got. And again, we're in slow growth mode. So let's go back to the 1981. And, of course, this was um, – Beyond your remembrance, you're reading it off a of paper, aren't you, buddy? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
uh, and about where I started in my career. So I'm looking at a one-year CD, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, if that's 1% and 16% was back then, that's 16 times greater back then than it is today. So let's connect the dots here. If you had a half a million dollars in the bank in 1981, it would have fetched somewhere around $80,000 a year. Not bad, right? <laughs> now, unfortunately, that same $500,000 in the bank would give you about $400 a month, and that's less than 5000 a year, and that's before taxes. Yep. So the reality is, though, interest rates are just one of the many challenges facing anyone who is retiring today. Because think about it. When you retire, you've been told your entire working career, your entire life, in retirement, you want to you want to start moving away from those riskier equity investments and go more towards fixed income. Well, if you did that today in a rising interest rate environment, you might be doing more damage to yourself and to your retirement than you would have if you would have retired 30 years ago. Just think of some of these things that are kind of, they're, they're falling into the rearview mirror. You know, company pensions, Eric, are nothing more or becoming nothing more than a distant memory. Uh, you can't rely on the government either. So when it comes to funding your retirement, you know, let's face it, we're pretty much on our own. We're living longer than we ever did before, which means your money has to last longer. And, you know, possibly as much as 30 or 40 years. I know we used to talk on demographics, going back to it. If you're a husband or wife or a couple, one of you has to plan to live at least 30 or 40 years in retirement. And if you go back to the numbers, I'll let you guys do it yourself, depending on where you where you live. You have to have an income increase of maybe 3 or 4% each year just to keep up with the cost of living to live those 30 years. So it's very imperative and important to be paying attention to interest rates. Because I don't think we want to go back living with our kids or have our retirement um, standard of living go backwards. Oh, absolutely. So here's another one that's big. You know, the health care and medical expenses are simply going through the roof. And let's just look at this again from a sheer demand standpoint. You know, um, you know, a typical 65-year-old couple we're hearing could shell out another quarter of a million dollars. That's $250,000 for this expense alone. Two hundred. That's a quarter of a million just for health That's not living. That's healthcare care expenses. That's above and beyond. You know, we got stock market riding at all-time highs. And let's face it, these markets are volatile from one day to the next. Uh, and it's making even the most confident investors a little bit nervous. Yep. And as if that weren't enough, baby boomers are still picking up the pieces from their 2008 financial crisis. A lot of people still have not broken even, got back to where they were before 2008, simply because they might have got scared and sold some of their investments at a loss and haven't seen them come back yet. So, I mean, there's no doubt there's headwinds today that are, are unique to this paranormal market uh, uh, type of retirement. But I'll also say on the other side, there's tailwinds, opportunities and perils in every, in every market. The question is, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, what are you going to maybe do different than you didn't do before? So we're going to talk about some little-known uh, items today because I'm going to tell you what, Eric, knowledge is power. And the more you know, the better off that you can execute um, – intelligent decisions about your money. So stay tuned for this, uh, our program today, which of course the title is Strategies to Conquer Low Interest Rates in Retirement. And you'll be able to request our free white paper, Smart Strategies for Retirement. Now, you can call us uh, at 513-454-9999. You can visit us on the web at straighttalkcleardecisions.com. You got a question for us today? Give us that at info at Straight Talk Clear Decisions, and we'll try to get to that in the last 
segment of our show today, but um, we're going to cover a lot of good stuff here. I think this could be, these could be game changers. Yep. You know, and as we look at this, you know, we're also going to be looking at, uh, you know, the bottom line is what does something cost you and what does it pay you? Because that's really, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. Yep. So uh, stay tuned. You're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your no-nonsense host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Money is an awesome thing. If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Hey, what about estate planning? An up-to-date will guarantees you're going to go through probate. And without, well, don't worry about it. The government will decide for you. The three enemies to an estate today are, number one, the federal inheritance tax, two, probate, and number three, income tax. So your choices here are you can give all your money away. That might not be any fun. You may need it. Or you can create a trust to hold those assets. And remember, you don't have to own the assets to enjoy the benefits. So a revocable living trust can help avoid the expenses and costly delays of probate, and along with a living will, power of attorney, durable health care power of attorney. So be sure and ask about our attorney partners today for a free consultation. Money is an awesome thing if you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Hey, have you heard about the new long-term care alternatives? Many of you may know how I managed my mother's care, and I took her through her money in the spend-down into the veterans' benefits. My father was a two-time Korean War vet and right into the Medicaid. She started out at $2,700 a month in assisted living, and at the end of her life, two years later, it was over 8000 the three concerns I hear the most about long-term care insurance protection is that it's expensive, the premiums are rising, and I may never use it. Well, why don't you try what I did? I bought a life insurance long-term care. They can't cancel me. The premiums can never go up. And, oh, yeah, I can spend that death benefit before I die if I'm critically, chronically, or terminally ill. Be sure and ask your advisor today. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Money is an awesome thing. If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Well, welcome back to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your transparent wealth management host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. So, Eric, you know, we're touching, scratching on this topic of, you know, the low interest rate environment and how that's impacting not just not just the investment and the retirement savings, but even more importantly, maybe once you get to that time and you go from a paycheck to a playcheck that, uh, you know, now you got to draw income off this. Yep. And this, uh, these can be game-changing days and this kind of paranormal remar- uh, retirement, um, easy for me to say, paranormal paranormal retirement, <laughs> you know, and, and the challenges are different. They're unique to this time period. Uh, although in some way there's similarities, but 
I think the, the challenges pose both opportunities and perils. It does. And you know what, Rick? Sometimes the truth really does hurt. However, if you do the planning today, it allows you to make those necessary adjustments to make sure your retirement is successful and to make sure you you are able to enjoy retirement. You know, one of the things I know we always pride ourselves on is we're not going to paint a rosy red picture if that's not the case. If it's not going to work out, we'll we'll be straight up front with you and say, hey, these are the steps you have to make today in order to, to make sure you succeed. And sometimes you always give the example of one of the clients. Sometimes people aren't able to change and not everybody is going to be able to change. But we're here to tell you what you have to do if you want to keep living the way you're living. So, you know, when we think about why people can't change, and I would, you know, that's the thing that, you know, there's usually some adjustments that can be made. It's just a question of how much, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, in, in the retirement planning process, you have time, you have rate of return, um, you know, that you got to work with, and you got the amount of principal that you've have time, interest, and money. Yep. So, uh, those are the three characteristics. Now, when we start thinking about, Retirement, you know, and and we always begin with the end in mind, and the best way to do that is a comprehensive, integrated, dynamic financial plan. Um, why is that important? Because it's like the financial GPS. So some of the things we're going to reference, this would naturally be a part of that process. But we can help, you know, predict a certain amount of probability of success or failure, and it's not a guarantee, but with the most scientific tools that we've got available using that to measure. So let's say, for example, somebody gives us their current budget, their inflows, their outflows. We look at their current financial situation. We look at their vision values and goals for their life. And then we test that against inflation, taxes, and the market and their withdrawals. And our program even looks at their withdrawal over time period being stress test. We can take a worst case scenario against your portfolio, an optimistic one, pick one in the middle. So we've got all those options. Uh, and it's updating. Why it's dynamic is because it's feeding it every day mm-hmm. at the close of the market. So you can navigate that. And then in the hands of a professional, of course, to uh, to navigate your changes and, and how you're going to alter. Now, if that – we look at a real simple speedometer kind of readout out there, don't we? We do. And 99 is not 100% guarantee, but – Close you're going to get. 75% is where you start going into the red. So if somebody falls short, there's really only five things that they've got to work with. Yep. You can either work longer, you can save more, you can take more investment risk, which some people might not be comfortable doing. You can live on less in retirement, which isn't fun. Or the last piece is you can cut your estate, cut your legacy that you leave behind. There's nothing else you can do. And if you're in retirement, some of those might not even be available to you anymore. So that's why it's very imperative to do that planning ahead plan for your longest vacation you're going to take for the rest of your life. So I think about, you know, one of the, the thoughts, you know, sometimes the truth hurts and you got to be able to handle the truth, right? <laughs> As Jack Nicholson said, was that a few good men? Can you Love that handle movie. the truth? But, um, you know, allowing enough time to make those adjustments, because let's look at some of the pieces in the puzzle here when we think about, in, you know, income in this new paranormal retirement, you know, you've got pensions, and similar defined benefit plans, which means you're getting a definite benefit, uh, are becoming extinct. Now, now there are questions that still linger about Social Security's longevity. You know, so for a lot of baby boomers, which we're going to drill down on these statistics, you know, some of the baby boomers are running out of time to make adjustments. Yep. 
So if you look at the group, now we broaden the definition of baby boomers. You know, they say between 46 and 1964. I, I say, you know, what does it matter? Let's look at, they say there's 70 million. Well, if you look at the people born between 1932 and 64, that's almost a continuous wave. There's 92 million, and that's an impact. Um, you know, the focus on 401ks has shifted and away from defined benefit plans because then the company themselves does not have to take the actual risk to figure out how much money they have to pay for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and this has been huge. It's been a huge change because now you not only have the responsibility of saving, but you also have the, uh, the responsibility of investing. Of directing your investments. You know, this was a this was actually a pretty scary in my when I saw this stat. Transamerica for um, Center for Retirement Studies. Many of you have probably heard of Transamerica before. Nineteen percent of baby boomers who are offered a four hundred one k or a similar plan do not have that plan. That's one out of five. One out of five. Furthermore, if you go a little take that a step further, twenty three percent of those boomers with retirement accounts such as a four hundred one k or an IRA have taken a loan or an early withdrawal against. That account, and a lot of people do it because they don't understand the consequence the consequences of taking a loan or taking a withdrawal from a taxable account. So, so that's about one out of four. Now, the impact on those typically all plans are different, but typically they're charging you a low interest rate. It has to be paid back within five years, or you take it as taxable income. But the biggest piece that gets missed is that while that money's out of the account, you're not you're not getting a return on that not money. Getting a return on. It. So let's take this first one. What if you have to work longer? Well, or maybe forever. Mm -hmm. Now, I have to say this, and again, my, my love of history, this is the first, shall we say, population in the history of the world that has and it really happened in the last century, previous century, that we had a pension where people ceased to work. Because uh, virtually every other culture in the history of humankind has worked their entire lives. And I think there's probably a reason for that. It may have been that our creator intended us to keep moving. The other side of that is, you know, both in our minds, you know, in our bodies and in our interactions, the social, there's so many aspects to that, which also, by the way, I cover in that class, the paranormal retirement. Um, so if you're in, again, this area of sign up for that class is coming up in March, I think mm -hmm. March 19th. It's very reasonable, by the way. Uh, but let's take a look at this first one. So, you know, I think one of the things we're finding, having to work longer or maybe forever, that's no longer taboo. I think in order for a number of, of things, the statistics show that 65% of the baby boomer workers plan to work past age 65 or do not plan to retire at all. That's kind of interesting. That is a significant shift from the industrial area of the fa uh, era of the factory workers. Mm -hmm. Um. Now, I'll just throw this in for what it's worth, not a monetary, but a, let's say, a holistic, your physical aspect. There was a study called the Stanford study, I recall, early in my training, and there was a 200 people, I think, that were tracked, men that were tracked. The first 100 stopped working. The second 100 remained working, and they checked in on them 10 years later. The first group, 7 out of 10 were dead. Second group, 7 out of 10 of them were alive and thriving. So I think that's an interesting, uh, interesting uh, result out of that. So some of them in this group, in order to stay involved, the majority will need employment for financial reasons. In yep. fact, it's reported here that 34% they haven't saved enough, and that's a third. 19% want the income, just want it. So that's one out of five. 
9% need to health benefits. Yep. Only 21% of the respondents expect to immediately quit working when they retire. I'd say those folks maybe don't like their job. <laughs> Said, I've had enough. What was that movie? You can take this job but, and shove and it. And shove it. <laughs> and there was a song. Who, who did that? Isn't that Dolly Parton? I might have been before my time. One. Yeah, I was before your time. <laughs> Sorry, man. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's one of these things where I think that the, the definition of retirement becomes one of financial independence and a quality of life. And I don't know that it's, you know, are we called to a life of leisure or are we called to a leisurely life? That's the contrast. And I think by that, I think we have to simply look at that and say, you know, it may be necessity. It may be um, luxury, but I think it's going to be it's part of the new retirement. Yeah. Rick, one of the second uh, the second piece here is getting by with less or, you know, simple terms, meaning, you know, stop spending as much in retirement. That's not going to be fun for anybody. You know, money isn't everything in life, but it definitely certain help certainly helps. Sure does. And, and I'll address the second one we kind of touched, skipped over, but saving more. Now, before you retire, obviously, you have a greater uh, ability to do that and adjust that than you do after you retire because uh, you're cutting off your, your highest earning years and, and maybe access to earning potential and power. But getting by with less is the, you know, living is number four on our list. And that's not fun. You know, uh, money isn't everything in life, Eric, but I'm going to tell you what, it sure does help. It, it opens a door, you know, a wide door of opportunity in so many different areas. And, you know, you look at a crippling combination of stagnant wages, stock market crashes or, or sideways trading, um, poor savings habits. You know, it's, it's, it's really tarnishing the so-called golden years mm -hmm. for this generation that I'm in. I'm on the tail end, by the way, you know. And the report finds that 44% of the, the boomer workers expect their standard of living to stay the same. While 41%, that's an almost an even amount, expect it to decline. A mere 8% anticipate an increase. So, I mean, that's a little staggering when you start to add those numbers together. So, you know, making it worse, 36% of the baby boomers expect to rely on Social Security as their main source of income. Now, retirement accounts, you know, come in a close second at 34%. While fundy company or company funding pensions and other investments are tied for a distant third at twelve percent. Yep. So I mean the sources and 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 again we got to think about this. Think of it like this: if you want to fast forward, you know you take typically we most of us take some retire or went on vacation mm -hmm. every year. So just picture retirement being a three hundred and sixty-five day a year vacation. Now personally, that would drive me nuts. <laughs> you know, at this point in my life, because you know we love what we're doing mm -hmm. and. I don't know. I'm gonna. I see myself staying in this just because at some level because I love it. Keeps you thinking. It keeps you moving forward and keeps you on the right track. So I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, we're we're fans of you know. Uh, or I want to say fans. You know, you look at the facts on Social Security. It's, it's used more politically than anything else. I, I'm confident it's going to be there. But we need to kind of look at the other sources overall and how that you can create sources of income. Now there was a show we did a while back. Um, that referenced, you know, a paper, you know, that, that dealt with those different aspects of how to potentially increase your your longevity by using some strategies, smart withdrawal strategies drawn from the up accounts, not the down accounts. You know, I, was, I think the paper was called Alpha, Beta, now Gamma. Yep. It's available online. You can find that. But it was done by a couple of smart guys, and, and they talked about the use, utilization potentially of using annuities, 
you know, to create income streams and a number of different things. So um, good article, good paper, I think, it, because it increased it from uh, on a $100 basis on just managing your risk versus using these strategies could potentially add to 22 23% more yep. in income and probability of success. It is. And, you know, that's, you know, income, you don't want the majority of your money coming from one place because if it is, you're making a pretty big gamble that that wherever that source is going to be there forever. So if you're solely being, you know, uh, relied upon by Social Security and something happens with Social Security and you don't have a backup plan, you don't have plan B, that's what you got to plan for today. Make sure you have different sources coming in. And make sure it's durable income. I think that's one of the other things that uh, that comes into play here, you know, is that, you know, how do we get into that area, which we'll be looking at the next part of our show here, is looking at the durable sources potentially for income. Now, you know, we've covered working longer, saving more. You know, I don't know if it's so much fun looking at potentially taking more investment risk because that doesn't always mean more return. Mm-hmm. You know, we've certainly seen some odd times we can track this in the decade of the 2000s, which turned out to be the worst period of time in the history of the stock market for stocks. Yeah. It was worse than the 30s. The yield curve inverted. Yield curve inverted, which meant the bond market, the, more, the less risk you took, the more yield you got. <laughs> and with stocks, you know, the more risk you took, the less return you got. So that don't always work out. So you've got to be, again, with a dynamic integrated plan, be monitoring and, and measuring these either on your own or with a competent financial professional can do this for you. Yeah. You know, the thing short of it is make sure you have a plan. You know, don't let the emotions get the best of you because plans, they will work out for the long term. However, if you let your emotions get in and you start buying when you should be selling or selling when you should be buying, that can do more damage than anything else. So, you know, we also touched on living on less. That doesn't sound like much fun. Mm-hmm. You know, you live your whole life for the golden years of living the dream. And uh, all suddenly the dream becomes a nightmare you know, or, or fear-based. Uh, cutting your estate, sorry about the kids. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are on your own. Now, you know, in our paper here, it talks about harboring mixed feelings. So when I run down through that plethora of choices, you know, those, those I should say narrow choices, that, you know, we're looking at this kind of scenario where that, hey, this could cause some mixed feelings and maybe some hurt feelings, mm-hmm. you know, and resentments, I would even say. So, I mean, we've got to look at this. This is one of the longest recessions in the history of the market. Now, again, we attribute it to demographics because we say, look, we just don't have enough 46-year-olds. The good news is, you know, the train of 92 million that went through um, and peaked out, you know, five years ago and is now we're, we're again on a down cycle. The good news is your generation comes up in five years from now, starts turning 46, and those dynamics could contribute to a consumption-based cycle that drive us back up into a healthier range, but there's no guarantee of that. Mm-hmm. You know, so certainly looking forward, we have to think about this, why this has happened, why it's happening, how we're going to navigate around it because of the the unique the uniqueness of this market. So we're going to drill down a little bit more on this topic and looking at in our next section of the show. So we want you to continue to uh, to stay uh, tuned in here that low interest rates can make it a tough time to retire. And I'll be sure and request our absolutely free paper, Smart Strategies for Retirement, because it's going to cover in depth with the full disclosures and everything about these different tools. They won't necessarily tell you how we're using them, but we're going to drill down at least a little bit more on that in our next part of our show. And one of the questions that comes is, well, you know, if low interest rates are here, 
we're going to address how much can you really spend in retirement. That's one of the key questions we'll, we'll address in the next segment. Excellent. So uh, be sure and call us at 513-454-9999 or visit us at straighttalkcleardecisions.com. You can go on. There's all kinds of educational pieces. You can request the e-newsletter. We send that out every week. It's got a good mix of information. I write a view every week, a blog, and the tweet is part of that that goes out on that. We also have a recipe, a philosophical view, a golf tip, health tip, our speaking schedule. Yep, speaking schedule. And certainly we welcome your questions here. So uh, be sure and join us in the next part of our show. You're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions Radio Show with your no-nonsense host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Money is an awesome thing. If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Hey, have you heard about the new long-term care alternatives? Many of you may know how I managed my mother's care, and I took her through her money in the spend-down into the veteran's benefits. My father was a two-time Korean War vet and right into the Medicaid. She started out at $2,700 a month in assisted living, and at the end of her life, two years later, it was over 8000 The three concerns I hear the most about long-term care insurance protection is that it's expensive, the premiums are rising, and I may never use it. Well, why don't you try what I did? I bought a life insurance long-term care. They can't cancel me. The premiums can never go up. And, oh, yeah, I can spend that death benefit before I die if I'm critically, chronically, or terminally ill. Be sure and ask your advisor today. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. Money is an awesome thing if you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Hey, what about estate planning? An up-to-date will guarantees you're going to go through probate. And without, well, don't worry about it. The government will decide for you. The three enemies to an estate today are, number one, the federal inheritance tax, two, probate, and number three, income tax. So your choices here are you can give all your money away. That might not be any fun. You may need it. Or you can create a trust to hold those assets. And remember, you don't have to own the assets to enjoy the benefits. So a revocable living trust can help avoid the expenses and costly delays of probate, and along with a living will, power of attorney, durable health care power of attorney. So be sure and ask about our attorney partners today for a free consultation. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Money is an awesome thing if you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Well, thanks for listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions Radio Show with your no nonsense host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Amberg. So, Eric, we're on this topic of strategies to conquer low interest rates in retirement. And actually, I would even dare say before that. Yep. You know, we've got a free giveaway here, Smart Strategies for Retirement. 
that we're going to cover in detail is some of the uh, maybe some of the things we're going to mention in this part of the show that will have proper disclosures and and comparisons and everything because we won't have the the time. Uh, nor the format to be able to discuss these in a comparative sense. But, again, I think that's what really folks are looking for now. Again, continuing with this this topic, you know, we hear this age-old discussion about how much can you really draw off of your portfolio. And this goes all over the place. But I think, um, you know, one of the things that we look at, there's several things that go into this. You know, choices about asset allocation and the use possibly of income annuities or individual bonds. Looking at current interest rates. Your desired spending pattern in your retirement. Or degree of flexibility to adjust that spending in response to the market performance is very important. And the last one here is the length of one's planning horizon. Again, that's important because we don't know how long we're going to live. How long are you going to live? If you tell us that, it makes our job a lot easier. A lot easier. We can spend (laughs) that last dime on the last day. So, you know, some folks can look at these various strategies and possible solutions. Uh, you know, we've heard this 4% rule, but the reality is that is kind of like eating at McDonald's. No no, no offense intended for people who eat at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. I just don't think there's a lot of choices. So, you know, you look at a 4% rule, that's very generic. Yep. Um, I think it's more germane to a particular person's portfolio. Sometimes you're going to be able to draw more. Sometimes you can be able to, to draw less. But again, the significance of an integrated dynamic plan is at play here. That's right, because your life is different than your sisters, your brothers, your neighbors, and just because one strategy works for them or worked well for them doesn't mean that exact same strategy is going to work well for you. So there was a recent paper out here. Um, you know, I guess all the dynamics in the, in the low interest rates, you know, could make it a tough time to retire. And, you know, as we graphed out some of this, You know, what a person can sustainably spend from their portfolio throughout their retirement is really at the the crux of our conversation here. You know, low interest rate and high stock market uh, fluctuation valuations both suggest that we may have to expect a lower investment rate returns in the future. So when people are drawn off of income, off of retirement portfolios, they either have to be drawing off of capital appreciation or, heaven forbid, depreciation, right? Or they got to be drawn off of dividends. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really it. So, you know, the whole adage of don't eat the goose that lays the golden eggs. Or I just want to keep my principal and live off my interest. And that's being more flexible because dividends, interest, they're not guaranteed. Just because it's 1% one year doesn't mean it's going to be 2 or 3% the next year. But it's being able to be flexible with it. When it changes, your spending has to be able to change with it possibly. Or maybe you got to change the investments. Correct. Again, again, flexibility is, is kind of a broad category. But I look at this, and typically, just generally speaking, you know, it may call for somebody to be in the neighborhood of 25 to 50% in stocks. Now, this is highly personalized, obviously, and depends on a multiple, multitude of factors. But I think the bottom line here is that some folks, quite frankly, are not going to feel maybe comfortable with that. And so the question is, how are you then going to generate uh, – well, let's say this – you have to be able to draw income and then also have some kind of inflation hedge. So, I mean, they, I know inflation around the world is being reported as low, which means we're not expanding. You know, we want a healthy rate of inflation, not like we had in the 70s, <laughs> going into the early 80s we talked about. We need a healthy rate of inflation that's coming from consumption um, and demand, you know, demand for the goods and services. So we're, not, we're not hitting that 2%. 
right? Mm-hmm. But let's look at this and you say, okay, well, that's good news. That means things aren't going up. Well, not necessarily. I mean, most recently we've seen a drop in oil and therefore some drop at the pumps, although that thing goes all over the place. Reality is right now it stands at a lower place than it's been in, I don't know, since the 90s. A long time. Long time. So maybe those dollars are going a little further. Well, we're finding that it's not translating into the market in consumption. It's really turning into paying down debt and saving, maybe which, a third of it. Which are good, again, good for a family, not good for an economy that's trying to grow. So, again, that we don't see that having a big impact, you know, in the near term, midterm. On, um, on what's going to happen with interest rates. So let's say, for example, you say, okay, I'm going to go stick my money in the bank or, you know, bury it in my backyard. Well, putting it into the bank is just maybe a hair better than burying it in your backyard in that case because <laughs> it just isn't, it isn't rising and we don't foresee that it's going to rise rapidly. And, you, and we, <clears throat> we always hear, well, it's in the bank, it's not losing money. Well, in reality it is because banks aren't yielding anything. Cost of living is still going up. Granted, it's not flourishing but it's still rising and you have to be able to at least keep pace with inflation with food because we need those yeah so you could almost double whatever the stated rate of inflation because if you if you watch those numbers in the united states it's called the cpi uh, and i say it's similar to what they call it in other countries but uh, everybody's inflation rate is fairly abysmal let's i think we could agree mm-hmm. on that so but you could take if you want the real rate of inflation you could almost double it i think we use four and a quarter we do you know so because you know Food and fuel are not in the CPI. Those are two very volatile pieces, but we need both of those pieces to live every single day. Yeah, I know. I've uh, I've eaten once. I want to eat again. I drove here. I should have probably taken my my skis here this morning, but I drove my car. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, sometimes you come between this, okay, am I going to take more risk or am I going to be, uh, you know, what we call the, the safety uh, first school – and you come to a fork in the road, and unlike what Yogi Berra said, you can't take the fork. you got to make a decision here. So, you know, you look at the uh, – because the other side of that equation is the probability-based approach that's going to give you the best shot at meeting all of your goals during your lifetime and not living longer than your money does. You don't want to run out of money before you run out of life. So there, this, this poses the challenge. So in this scenario, we need to be looking at things that are going to create – potentially a durable income. So let's think categorically here um, in this current market, you know, and, and what's going to be most feasible. Well, I would say, you know, the things that are demand-driven services, think of what people have to have, you know, and generally speaking, I think of food, pharmaceuticals, necessary medical services, gas and retail. Yep. You're not going to get away without that. So if you're in something that's going to focus on that kind of core, if you would, then most likely, if it's a profitable entity that these are in, then generally speaking, you should be able to get durable, lasting income. Now, we also have to consider what's going to happen to some of these these tools, as we will, um, and strategies in a rising interest rate market, because I think we all know eventually interest rates are going up. We just don't know when how, high. Yeah, or how high. Now, we're in the school that we don't think is going up rapidly. But let's just touch on some of these. So, for example, you know, you look at putting in either bonds or, let's say, income-type annuities. Um, Those are two potentials. Now, bonds behave when interest rates go up, the prices go up, and the yields go down. 
It's like a teeter-totter. Yeah, falling rate environment is very profitable for bonds, which we've seen for the last 12 years. However, a rising interest rate environment, which we feel, we feel is on the horizon, that is going to be very, very bad for most of the bond um, one, most of your bond sectors and most of your bond fixed income type of investments. So that's something to watch, you know, the nature of your bonds and how they may be performed in the past. Now, we have a tool that looks at that, you know, and, and, and we can test portfolios just the way they are right now mm-hmm. uh, in that kind of tool and simulate that. What is it? Is it 60 different headline type of things? Yeah, 62 different um, scenarios. scenarios. So, uh, you know, that's a potential. You know, if you'd like us to look at that for you to see what your portfolio will do, we'll be glad to look at that because it's, uh, I think there's nothing new under the sun. So this technology has taken the historical aspects of, of these occurrences and then it simulates it based on today's headlines and says, well, here's what happened back then. No guarantee of what's going to happen in the future, but at least give you a better, better look at that. Uh, income annuities, well, there's a whole world of these. And again, request the paper, Smart Strategies for Retirement, and it'll, it'll go into detail on these. But I think of these kind of like a, an income flow. You, you buy that, you're buying an income stream. However, one of the problems with what they call a single premium immediate annuity, you put your money in and based on an actuarial payout, you're getting an income stream. Bad news is it's not going up for the cost of living. So you figure if inflation's at 4% a year and 10 years in just simple interest rate terms, you've lost 40% of your buying power. If you go 20 years, you've lost 80. Rut row. Yeah. So I think the moral of that story is don't put all your eggs in one income stream. You need different buckets to where it's going to de- generate different sources of income and it's going to provide different um, amounts of income. So, you know, you think of that. Now, there's a couple items there, a couple ones we tossed out. Um, I think about real estate investment trusts that are both public, non-traded, and ones that are public. Mm-hmm. So, again, you got to look at the details of these. We'll cover some of that in the paper, smart strategies for retirement. You know, stocks that have dividends, good, strong dividends, and, again, from underlying uh, entities that are in demand-based types of things. Um, again, these are all over the map, but again, that's a strategy, uh, that can be deployed effectively. So even, I mean, I look at the outlook for capital appreciation in the market and I know we haven't seen things and it lines right up with our demographic overview of not seeing a demand consumption based kind of economic growth in the United States, you know, which contributes largely to the rest of the world. And since we're, we're slow growth, it's impacting the rest of the world because the rest of them aren't quite online in a consumption-based model um, or their access to credit, whether that's good or bad. I did see a disturbing note the other day that I think most of the debt that's been created recently has, has come from a subprime lending aspect on autos. And I'm thinking, did we not learn our lesson with housing? <laughs> Housing is the number one driver. The building and buying a house is building, buying cars number two. So what they do? What did I see? One out of, one out of four, are subprime. Well, Rick, what does history do? It tends to repeat yeah, it itself. It tends to repeat itself. Certainly, when we don't <laughs> learn our lessons, let's just do the same dumb thing again and see if we get a different result. So those are things I, I think it all underlies the risk that potentially is in this market to pay attention to where entities are getting their returns from. Um, I don't want to be in that, and certainly not when you get down to the red zone, we like to call it. So as we're heading down the home stretch here on this topic, strategies to conquer the low interest rates in retirement, you know, I think about this. 
when you can analyze this uh, overall in the market, consider this. In March of 2015, the bull market in the stock market will now be six years old. Now, there's a lot of things that could go. It could go another six years or it could end in April. Regardless, there's some uncertainty. So know when you've won the game. When you've achieved your goal, at least in that GPS kind of scenario, financial plan, it's stop playing. Meaning don't gamble. Don't chase the S&P 500, an index you can't directly invest in. Don't, don't chase the market. Don't try to beat the street. That's right. Get back in your comfort zone. Get what the market's going to take. No more shooting for stars, at least not for that time being. You know, there's other things. We look at um, you know, a number of things here in, in different periods of time and testing it against history. You know, I think at the, at the end of the day, you have to look and say, you know, just do it. When you know the scenario, I know I had a client. We've had it as a firm. They went through the 2000s, were successful in building, um, had a couple million dollars, and they went through that in the downturn, and they continued to draw the same money and reverse dollar cost average their portfolio. And when we saw them, uh, they were at their the short wires in, in the end. So don't be like that. Yep. Don't be like that because – uh, that can absolutely decimate your retirement and those golden years. So thanks for listening today. Be sure and request our paper. It's absolutely free, Smart Strategies for Retirement. All you got to do is go on the website, straighttalkcleardecisions.com, request it there, the e-newsletter. Call us, 513-454-9999. And go to our Facebook page, ricksailorfinancial.com. Follow us, and we'll, we'll send out the information. Thanks for listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your no-nonsense, transparent wealth management host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. the best part of your life.